I think it was the theologians who first started the idea, later the philosophers took it over, and now some of the scientists are doing the same. What you are comes out in what you do. You see the point? Out of ourselves and into Christ, we must go. This is Chats Under the Sun with Jacob Volk. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Mrs. Veenstra. Oh, you can call me Arlene. Yeah, can I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. No. Cool. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, I should start this off with a shout out to Lish Jonker, because she shot me a message and said that she would love to have you on here and have us talk about counseling. And I think in her words, where pretty much anything you had to say would be super wise. Oh. So. <laughs> She's got me too high. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, I remember... How long was How People Change, the course that we took? Or at least when I was in How People Change? Oh. That was a long time ago. You were still ago. in college. Yeah. So... I think that was, was right, right after... Right after you took Confession of Faith. Yeah. So whatever age you were, huh. those things kind of run together in my head so i don't know was that five years ago more maybe oh yeah so maybe there you five go. or six something like there that there you go so yeah, yeah. i uh, i don't think i took that course very seriously when oh, i was no? doing it no <laughs> i have to take it again if i ever run it again yeah i probably should yeah. there's that that course and i'd love to just talk about it because sure. it's been a while obviously it's a long time since yeah. i did it but i think how people change is similar to life renewal have you heard of of that yeah, yeah. fed people that have taken both okay Yep, yeah, found it very helpful. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of my friends, a ton of my friends who have taken life renewal, oh, okay. and they found it like really, really meaningful. Yep. So, I think they do a little bit in life renewal. I don't know a lot about it, but I think it's more around um, like uh, taking, like the, go, working through the twelve steps and then dealing mm-hmm. with some of the issues of your past or whatever. Whereas um, how people change is kind of understanding the. Progressive sanctification and okay. how the spirit works in um, in us and transforming our minds and our hearts. So, gotcha. they, but they work well together. People right. have found it that they've worked well together. That's cool. So yeah, so yeah. people like it and have come to both and then recommend it to their friends or whatever. So hmm. that's how. Yeah, so it's been a long time since I taught that. I mean, a lot of years. I don't even know how many years it's been, but. Yeah, and does our church? Just kind of runs that. Does it run that class every, kind of whenever it feels necessary, or because they gave it to us, our church gave it to us as a, uh, I'm not going to say graduation present, but more yeah. or less, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I ran it. I started it. Um, well, what's the history of it? Actually, way back, probably 18 years ago. Then um, there was just a few things that came up in the church. And the consistory um, approached me to say, hey, is there a way that we can um, maybe equip people to walk alongside each other? And um, so we, actually your grandfather was involved with that way back then. And um, we did, it was called Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. We taught that, co-taught that together for a bit. And what we found was that people, once they started understanding their hearts, they started thinking, forget about walking with somebody. I got my own stuff kind of, right? So they kind of, um, and it was through CCEF, which is Christian Education, Christian Counseling Education Foundation. And that was one of the first 
courses that they came out with that to equipping churches so and then they came out with the how people change after that so we did that uh, helping people change and then thought you know what we need to do the how people change and then once people have walked through that themselves then perhaps doing the um, helping oh, okay. people change so that's how we kind of got into and then I started I, I started teaching the how people change on my own for yeah I, I want to say 15 years really so been yeah it's been a long time so you've probably seen a lot of different stories come and go through oh yeah right yeah yeah started the first the first class we taught this was um the helping people change was to the consistory at the, at the time so that was a little odd because female teaching in the church and teaching <laughs> your elders like yeah. that's a bit different it's a bit had to wrap my head around that um but it was good they were good and and that a lot of them found that very helpful mm. and then started just teaching it offering it to people like putting it um add in the bulletin or and then it just became word of mouth and people started asking me can 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 i sign up for the next class so didn't even have to put ads in the bulletin anymore so right and then it was every year now i haven't done it in the last um, couple of years and partly because a lot of the people in our church have gone through it mm-hmm. and then there was a lot of people from the outside of the church um, that were do it, taking it which is okay but i wanted to be more about um, equipping our own members mm-hmm. more so than equipping other churches members my goal was if ever other people came in, then they would take it back to their churches. And sometimes that helped, or it happened. So right. that was good. But yeah. yeah, so you do see a lot of, um, I think it was a, a huge thing used by the Lord to change people's lives. I think that was, people will say that. Their life was changed as a result of going through how people change. So it was good. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a lot of respect for our church for going down a route of trying to like really invest in the people of the church Mm -hmm. so that the people of the church can then go and invest in the other people of the church and and kind of get get that ball rolling yeah so it's equipping the saints for the um like ephesians 4 verse 12 right equipping the saints for ministry so because most people to be honest with you most people do a lot of counseling they just don't see it as counseling but on church parking lots Mm. Or they talk, and then they're, oh, I got this problem, I got that problem. And then the friends are saying, do this, do that, which is all counsel, right? Mm-hmm. doesn't mean always that it's the best counsel, but <laughs> <laughs> it happens, right? So um, by the time people come to see me as a counselor, they've already talked to a lot of people. Like I'm kind right. of the end of the road, so mm. to speak, right? So, never- so it's good to have equipping the people... Because as friends, you're going to be talking mm. to each other. Remember, I don't know. Remember if you remember that in class, I used to say, you've got common language now that you can say. So is that a heart issue, or what's going on for your heart in your heart level? That's what how people change. That's what makes it helpful, right? Because right? now we can um, doing the one anothering, right? Yeah. And encouraging each other for uh, towards more than just good works, but really being. Um, kind of intentional right. of, of um, the sanctification process and joining God in that work right. in their own life. So, yeah. I've never thought, really thought about that before, but that it's almost unavoidable that we're all counseling each other. Oh, yeah, you know we I mean? are. So it's almost, it's, 
since it's unavoidable, better learn to do it properly and, and learn to have a bit of thought with that. For sure. You know, because, yeah, maybe without us even knowing it, like our little snippets of advice or thought carry weight. That's right. Especially if someone takes it to heart when we don't realize yeah. it. And we need to ask ourselves all the time, is, is the advice I'm giving, is that biblical advice or is it not, right? Mm. So, you know, and... But I can have that myself, I think. Yeah, if I were you, I would, whatever. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that's biblical, right? Yeah, so yeah. you got to be very aware of that, that you can't just say, um, you know, do this or do that, because it's not always biblical. Gotcha. So you want to be able to help each other learn to do it the biblical way. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not just um, behavior modification, but it's heart change, right? So what I think, what I believe, what I desire, what I fear, being aware of that, and then... Because that's where our behaviors come out of, is our hearts. So we want to be able to um, do some of that uncovering work, right? Yeah. You know, asking those hard questions about what you're thinking or what do you believe about that. Like, yeah. um, sometimes we hear the word believe. We think, you know, what I, theologically, what do I believe? But we believe all kinds of things. Like, mm. that's not necessarily true. So, yeah. 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 There's the... Um, I don't know how much you know about that that prof, uh, that psychology professor Jordan Peterson, but that's one of the mantras he says a lot. He's where he's very skeptical of what people say they believe, but he's much more interested in how people act and the choices they make as a better indicator of what you really believe. That's right. Yeah. So in theological terms, it's kind of like we have our confessional theology, mm-hmm. but we have a functioning theology. <laughs> so I That's function really at a different level than I confess, right? So I might confess that God is sovereign over all things and believe that with my lips, but at a functioning level, might be operating very fearful, very um, not believing um, that God is sovereign. Um, and you can see that more in your actions mm. than... Just having it um, something that you say, right. right? So, yeah. So I always think to myself, I can function or I can have a theological perspective over here and my functioning is over here and those two need to come together. So right. that's where the... And we're already, already flowing with good wisdom. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe you have some... Uh, word pictures in your mind, uh-huh. right? When you're when you're talking to people, and because mm-hmm. I mean that's one thing that's good about it too is you can um, teach that even to people who are not believers, right? Because it's at even at the level of what do we really believe, mm-hmm. and or what am I thinking? Because that's going to hugely impact what I do. So, and my thoughts, my beliefs, my desires, and my fears hugely impact my behaviors. Mm. So. It's kind of the whole inner man, right? The heart. The Bible talks about the heart. That's the heart, the inner man. But it's everything I do, why I do it, right? So think about if, um, you know, if it's cold outside, right? And then I have a desire to be warm, and I have a belief that my coat will keep me warm. What am I going to do? I'm going to put my coat on, right? Because that's what I think and what I believe. And so... That's just a very simple picture, but everything that we do mm. comes out of that. So, and that's and kind of what we're talking through right now. That's a lot of what how people change the course yes. dives into, yeah. like in a much more methodical, systematic way. Kind of goes through yeah. how to really think this through for yourself in your own context and yeah. really deeply. 
Yeah. And then also, who is God and what does he say? Mm. Right? And how does my identity in Christ make a difference in this situation? So you have to kind of know um, if I'm in Christ, what's my identity, right? So that's where I'm a child of God. Uh, my sins are forgiven. The Spirit's at work in me, all those things. So if I'm in situations, it's not just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and do better. It's like you've got a place that you can go mm. and where you're going to receive what you need to be changed because it's God's work. It's the right. sanctification of the spirit yeah. in our life. So that's what makes it, um, it's, it's slower work because most people just want their circumstances changed, right? So they don't want to do a lot of that work about, um, you know, who cares what I think? <laughs> right. I just want this fixed, right? Yeah. So, but God's not so concerned about our happiness as much as he is our holiness. So he's working on that. We're working on our happiness and he's working on our holiness, right? So yeah. it's quite different that way. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a few of those, like uh, this list of things you just said that I definitely forget, especially like the Holy Spirit working mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, and I want to do this more, but I don't day to day have that chattering in the back of my mind like dude you have the holy spirit working in you that's you right to, you got to realize that that's right I, if i think if i had that more i probably would maybe be a bit more bolder and maybe live my life a little bit well differently. i think it'd give you more um what's the word i'm looking for it gives you more uh gumption yeah because you kind of know if, if the spirit lives in me he enables me to do what he calls me to do mm. right but if, if I'm not thinking of the Holy Spirit, I think I need to do that. I need to muster up the courage. I need to muster up um, whatever, right? We can't muster it up, but the Spirit can enable us to do what he calls us to do. Mm. And that's quite different way of um, looking at things, yeah. right? So he's our teacher. He's our, he's our counselor, right? Through, he makes the word come alive. He All of those things. So that's important for us to know that, not just... Otherwise, it's kind of uh, a works religion, right? Mm. So we're, I'll take care of it myself. I'll fix it. <laughs> right. Right? I'll smarten up. I'll do this. I won't do that again or whatever, but yep. it's really not about that. So, yeah. I love how Paul, when he writes that sort of like, I, but not I, but in Christ, mm-hmm. but I, that kind of like, exactly. he almost has that almost literary back and forth where he's like winking at you like, this is a bit incomprehensible, but this is the best way to say it. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think, what, and sometimes we don't think about that enough, or it's not, like, we, we'll hear a lot about how the Holy Spirit has to enlighten us, lead us to Christ, um, open our eyes, our hearts, all of that. But we don't hear often or think often about his enabling power in our life to live mm. godly, right? So Sinclair Ferguson has a really good study. We were stu- we were studying it in um, the ladies' Bible study on Tuesday mornings, and it's on the work of the Holy Spirit. And it turned out, because of COVID, or it got canceled, right? But So we never finished it. We'll finish it again. Um, but very helpful to understand what the role of the Holy Spirit is in our life and then how that makes a difference as well on mm. um, how we live life because it's it's not our work, like we're part of it like it's not that we just like you're passive in the whole thing but he's the one who enables um he's the one that gives you the strength sustains us and creates a new heart like does all of that right so it's a helpful thing to understand that far yeah. more 
right? So for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a good study. Take it up sometime. Yeah. What's it called? Do you remember? Um, yeah, it's through um, Ligonier Ministries, okay. and it's um, Sinclair Ferguson, mm-hmm. and it's just a video series, and you can like you can buy it or whatever, and then it's got the study guide that goes with it, about twenty minute lecture, and then um, some questions that you can unpack it. So it's very good, very yeah. good study. It's very yeah. helpful. How have you enjoyed uh, the uh, women's Bible study? Because I know I like never shut up about how much I enjoy the men's Bible study. <laughs> I heard much, you I've, talking about that. I probably mention it every <laughs> podcast and people might be sick of it, but I, I love it so much. Yeah, I love it too. Well, I've been going to the ladies' Bible study for years. Hmm? So, you know, um, there's something about that community that you get together, right? Now I'm one of the older ones, so now you have opportunity to mentor the younger ones. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good opportunity to get to know them. Um, when you're in small group, you pray for one another, you get to kind of know their life or their struggles or whatever, and you get this opportunity to, to be that mentor, yeah. the older ladies mentoring the younger ladies, and it's very helpful. Um, totally. Yeah. It's just good to have um, community, right? Like that's the whole thing with COVID. That's the biggest thing that's missing is community, yeah. right? To have that. There's something that happens in community that you cannot muster up anywhere else. Like right. Even God works in community. Like change mm. happens in community. We're not these little islands unto ourselves. Yeah. So the Bible study is good. I mean, you go to church. I mean, that's great. Um, and we need to be that. But it's kind of where in Bible study, um, I heard it said one time, kind of the pastor does the air war. And then the Bible study becomes the ground war, right? Mm-hmm. Where we take those things and start working it yeah. in a real practical. I mean, he can't, he can't cover everything in a sermon, yep. but we can take those things and talk about them in a deeper or a um, more specific way in a, in a Bible study group. So Bible totally. study is good. Yeah, I think everybody should go. <laughs> yeah, honestly, though. Yeah. Like even one of the weird, I don't know how to quite say this, but We'll have in Bible study where maybe one of the guys will just put forward, he'll say, like, I know this is true, but I really just feel like this, you know? And we all, we all know he knows the correct theological answer, mm-hmm. but a lot of the guys are really vulnerable and will just straight up say, like, I just don't feel this. This, mm-hmm. this is just not even really true for me. And we have the opportunity to then just talk about it. And That's not, right. We don't jump on him and say, like, well, you realize the catechism says. It's just, no, yeah. what's going on? We'll chat about this. and. And then other guys can chime in and give their 10 cents. And if there's something, if there's an issue, then in a sermon, you can't like pause and elaborate exactly. on the fly. Can you please stop? Can I ask this yeah, question? Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> but in a Bible study, we can, we can take, you know, 15, 20 minutes on a single point or question. That's right. If it's resonating with people and people find it really meaningful. Yeah. Which yeah. I, man, I love Bible yeah. study. So you so go much. on Saturday morning one mm-hmm. then? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's good. Yeah. It's good. It's good. And it's a um, diverse group of people as well, right? Yeah. So you have the younger to the older. And mm-hmm. again, that's, I think, helpful. It's mm-hmm. not just, uh, you know, everybody the same age, Yeah. whatever. I find that's what I find in ours too. We have from older to the younger. So new moms, you know, just brand new moms and whatever. So it's good to be a part of that. And Totally. When they're all kind of thinking, oh, how are we going to get through this? Think you'll get through it. I've been there, done it, and God's good. He'll get you through it, right? Yeah. So there's good into that. So I like the Bible study, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What um, going back to counseling. What? Yep. Rewind the clock a bit. What made you go into this, into the field, <laughs> and like what um, 
I don't know. Where where did you get some of your so your education and stuff like that? Okay. Well, it's kind of interesting. I'm a grade ten dropout when when I dropped out of school way back then because I didn't like school, mm-hmm. and schooling was not seen as that important. So as long as you got a job, so we were never allowed to just drop out of school and sit around and do nothing. If you had a job, you could do that. So that was way back. I dropped out of school, went to hairdressing school, became a hairdresser. Stopped doing that um, probably after, just after we got married. I, I mean, I didn't mind it, but I didn't really like it because I didn't want to listen to people's problems. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's funny, right? Um, a little different now because when you listen now, at least you can have some input. When you're doing somebody's hair, you can't really <laughs> tell. You know, you smarten up, right? <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, of course, then I had my kids and... Um, so I think I was in my 30s. Really? And I thought um, Donna Beckett was the director from uh, Niagara Life Center in St. Catharines. And she came to our church and she spoke one time at our Bible study, like the ladies' Bible study. And that's <clears throat> the first time I felt the tug on my heart. And I thought, oh, I, I need to get involved with that kind of, right? And felt it kind of. Um, so, anyways, I thought, you know, I'll sign up for their volunteer training. So I did that, signed up. And then they needed somebody in Welland because um, they were just opening, um, well, it's now Elisha House, but it was called Niagara Life Center, Niagara Life Welland Center back then. And there was one lady that was working, the director, and she was, um, and they had a little office in Christ Community Church, which, which is kind of kitty corner to where Elisha House is right now in Welland. And um, so I thought, you know what, I can do that. And they had a mother's friendship group, and they needed somebody to kind of run that. That's, so that was once a month that we would um, do that. And so I thought, well, I can do that. So then I started that. And then I remember thinking, I, I want to go back and get an education. But my husband wasn't really keen on that at the mm-hmm. time. But I also knew that if I went back and did this work, he needed to be on board. Right. Because if, if he wasn't on board, because I knew it was going to take a lot of time, then um, I was going to have an issue with our... So I thought, well, if it's call of the Lord, then he'll open the doors. And if it's not, then it's not, right? So volunteering is one thing, but going into the field, something different. So anyways, then one time I said to him, you know, I was thinking about going back to school. And uh, he goes, well, go for it, right? So I thought, oh, that's interesting. So (laughs) got to go to Niagara College. So I went to Niagara College and applied for social service worker program. So, of course, I was grade 10 dropout. So I had to do this, whatever they call that, to see what level Mm -hmm. where you're at. I don't know the word for that anymore. (laughs) Make sure you're not dumb test. Yeah, like, you know, and they just kind of do all this whole, you have to do um, reading comprehension, yep. you got to do a whole bunch of stuff, right? So Yeah, I've done a bunch of that for some of the schools I've had to get into. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. So when I, and then when they came, when I came out of that, I came, came out of second year university level. So I thought, oh, that's not bad, right? Just from being a, a mom at home and, um, you know, raising kids. I love to read and I was always like self-educating in a lot of ways. So that's what I did. I went back. So I was 36 at the time, and um, 740 
748 people applied, and they were going to take 49. And I was one of the ones who were accepted. So wow. I, those are things that you knew that God was in this, right? Yeah. So these doors opened. So I went back and I started there. I remember first thinking to myself, <laughs> if I think back on those days, you got to kind of understand where I came from. I come from an immigrant family. We had a good family. But when I was a kid growing up, it's quite different than the world is today. So you grow up in this home where it was home, school, and church. That's kind of your mm. your world, right? So you weren't, we didn't have TV, so you weren't exposed to a lot of stuff compared to what today, right? So right. different. So I was kind of naive and just fine, whatever. It was nothing great, nothing terrible. <laughs> um, so I went back, and then all of a sudden they're talking about the system, right? The social system and, you know, and the cracks in the system, and I'm going... I don't even know what the system is. I don't even know how the crack. What are they talking about? Right? And I remember thinking, let not a man think more highly of himself than he ought. Right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh boy. So that was the first semester. And I thought, I don't know. And my kids would say to me, mom, you study too hard or you're just way too much. But I didn't. There's been a lot of years since I'd been in school. And I, when you, um, because I didn't get my grade 12, I missed out on certain skills that you learn, like mm. how to put papers together, all, like all that kind of stuff. You just don't, yeah, didn't get those skills, right? So it was yeah. always harder for me than it would be for somebody who's just coming out of high school or whatever. But anyways, I did it. And I did very well with my uh, marks. I got pretty in the 80s, you know, mid-80s. So yeah, it was good. So, and then I um, went to work at Elisha House but coming from my background, I wasn't thinking about the type of people I'd be working with. So a lot of um, people on social assistance, a lot of addiction issues, mm -hmm. just so many things that, and I'm thinking, oh my, I don't have first clue of any of this kind of stuff. I used to have these two ladies that would come and every month I'd pray, Lord, please don't let them come, please. And they'd be faithfully there, right? So the one I still am in contact with 30 years later, um, but they became my textbooks, so to speak, right? Because that's the ones that God would use to teach me about stuff. So I had a phobia about addictions. They had addictions, right? Mm. So I got over my phobia through these kind of means, right? So that's when I ended up, they, they hired me on at Elisha House for a couple of days a week. And, um, but then when I was doing my work there, I just thought to myself, there's some way that we have to be able to talk to these people about their sin, but not, you know, clumping them over the head with it. But to, because really, if we don't have our, if we don't see our sin, like life mm. is just going to continue on be crazy making, right? So I didn't really know how to do that very well. And how do you talk about sin and not come across as if you're holier than thou? And because mm. my life was in a, a lot of times they'd say, well, yeah, your life's all together, right? But not that my life was always together, but for them, it looked like it was always together. Right. So, anyways, then I, um, what did I do then? I, oh, then I had read one of um, Paul Tripp's books, and that's when I thought, oh, this is it. There's a way to talk about these issues, uh, in a, at a, um, without being judgmental yeah. and all of that, right? So that's when I started looking into CCEF. And that was probably one of the first, they start, around that time, they started offering online courses for, to get your 
your biblical counseling. And I was probably one of the first people that, uh, the first group that signed up for this distance ed. Really, eh? Yeah. So I took that and that was interesting because again, you got this massive reading that you have to do and yeah. you got, and it's kind of because the CCF courses were connected to Westminster Theological Seminary. Okay. Right? So the ones coming out with their, um, well, I don't know, the, of their bachelor and all that kind of stuff, we're taking these same courses, right? So it's right. not just a, um, just a certificate course. We just, I only got a certificate, but it wasn't, but it was more than that. So you're doing this high level education stuff. So I remember the first paper I had to write. Oh my goodness, that was something too. And, um, you know, start it, crumple it up, throw it out, start it, crumple it up, throw it out, couldn't do it. Just praying, Lord, can you help me write my paper? Because I can't write my paper, right? How am I going to do this and put all this money out for this course and whatever? So anyways, the one night I thought, I'm just going to go to bed. And then in the morning, I thought, all of a sudden it came to me, write a paper on what it is to write a paper, but doing the heart issue stuff with it, right? Hmm. And so within five minutes, I had my paper written. <laughs> it was amazing, right? So I always kind of say, God wrote my papers. Yeah. But he didn't always get A's, but <laughs> <laughs> I hope nobody hears that in the Free Reform Church. No. <laughs> but he certainly helped me write my papers. Um, <laughs> yeah, because they weren't always the, you know, real top um, right. numbers. But I got pretty good marks. But I learned how it's not about marks. It's about learning the material. Totally. And it's not about, you know, nobody's going to ever ask you, what did you get? On your papers, right? Yeah. So, and I just learned how to become very practical in my theology. So, when it, whatever I read, what does that look like in an everyday life? Because mm. really, that bottom line—that's where you're working, right? Totally. In those everyday places, people are—they're struggling in their everyday life. They're not having these struggles out here in the sky. <laughs> They're—it's in their everyday life, and so you have to yeah. really learn how to apply. I imagine that you it was really good for you because you had this bit of past experience with very real situations that you could slot the stuff you were learning back into. Yeah. Because it was like, here's this theological idea, but man, this hits the ground hard for Lady X and her yeah, situation. Exactly. Something you map it onto, right? Mm. And then and what they really call it like practical theology, right? Mm. So it's it's really learning how to um, exegete people's lives so that you can bring the scriptures into those places, right? Yeah. So that's the art, if you want to call it, of biblical counseling. People need to know um, what does the Bible say? You know, the Bible doesn't talk about, say, addictions or whatever, but it talks about the desires of our heart, which taps into, or addictions tap into, right? Mm -hmm. So you can. And when you learn how to do that, right? So you talk about anger, let's say. Um, you know, we might say, be angry and do not sin, like the Bible says that. But you want to take that very thing and help them to apply it in their situation, right? So what does that look like? And so that was the art of the CCF courses. So they're very good. I'd highly recommend that for yeah. people to take those courses. And do you think people, um, would you... Say people could or should just take a couple of them? Or do, is there like a package thing that'd be really good? Or like, 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, could, I don't can, know how they do it right now, but in the beginning, when I was taking it, they had the they had three basic courses. That was the um, dynamics of biblical change. Then the next one was the. Um, well, I can't even remember the names now. But anyway, so there's three. So it was kind of like the um, dynamics of biblical. That would be the how people change. And then the second one would be the um, instruments of the Redeemer's hands, like helping people change. And then the third one was um, change is a community project, which is the church okay. and the body of Christ and the, um, the role right. of community in the sanctification process. So... That's kind of, and I would say everybody could take those courses, right? Yeah. Um, very helpful. But I think even teaching them in the, in the because you can teach them in mm -hmm. church too, right? Somebody who understands the work and can do it then, um, or teach it. Because um, at least like when we did How People Change, it was 24 weeks, right? Yeah. So it took, like you had to do your work over... But when you're taking a course, often it's like 12 weeks, and it's like jam-packed. Right? right. So here you can kind of unpack it a bit in the church. Um, but it's good. It's good work. Yeah. I think I would recommend it to people. That's good. So. Did you find when you were taking some of these courses um, that you were doing a lot of self-reflection too? Oh, yeah. Like it was, it was, <laughs> I feel like that'd be very much like you'd read something and go, I can see how that fits in that person's life, but boy... I can see how that fits in my yeah. life, too. Well, and at CCF courses, what they would do is what they want you to do is take what you're reading that week, and they want you to um, apply it to your own life. Mm. So it became very practical, right? So you could never kind of just skirt around the issue and talk about Sally and her problem. You have to talk about how does that, whatever you read, how did that impact you? Like mm. what stood out to you? So you'd have to do this self-reflective work all the time around it so but i think when you can do that when you the lord teaches you how to do that in yourself then you can comfort others with the comfort you've received right so that's right. that helps you as a counselor to be able to um help other people to get it right if you can't do it in your own life it's pretty hard to teach it to somebody it's hard enough to teach it to somebody but if you don't know how to do it in your own life pretty hard to adjust yeah. it there so that's very much helps you know you read like i don't know hundreds and hundreds of pages and then you got f they want a paper of 400 words like mm. how do i take all that and put it down to 400 words but it teaches you how to take these big concepts and be very concise with it very helpful right so definitely it's good uh, courses so go ahead take them someday jacob hopefully i'll <laughs> yeah. see if i can uh Manage. squeeze them into my <laughs> seminary schedule yeah. somewhere where are you, were you going to seminary mm -hmm. oh yeah. okay yeah, I'm leaving in a couple months, actually. Oh, good for you. Where are you going? Yeah. Uh, Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, cool. Yeah, with Albert Muller. Okay. So yeah. You'll probably get some, a little bit of that stuff there. I hope Cause, so. You know what? Because I think they work a lot together. Like, mm -hmm. those are names that you hear. Um, I'm not really good with remembering names or whatever, but you hear them in the Biblical Counseling Coalition and whatever. So they're all kind of connected. Because I think that what they're really seeing is how important... Um, it's not just about theology anymore. It's yeah. about taking that theology and where's rubber meets the road because that's where it's going to make a difference in people's lives, right? So yeah. you have to have the bigger, but you also have to know how to apply it. So um, that's helpful. So hmm. I totally agree. Good for you, yeah. though. 
That'll I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. Very interesting much. to see how that all goes, hey? Yeah. yeah. It's quite different than what you were doing before. Weren't you in the media or something? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was in advertising. Yeah. So I went to school for, for advertising. And then uh, I worked in Toronto at an advertising agency for a little bit. But um, it was very, very cool work. Very cool. We got to like play with some like VR technology that wasn't even on the market yet and I could just go for long walks through the markets just because I was thinking up ideas and that was like paid time and that they encouraged that. It's very cool stuff but spectacularly meaningless. Yeah. So I'm very like I'm, I think God's given me a level of creativity. I'm really grateful for that and I was sitting there going like I'm putting all this work to like increase BMW's market cap by like a third of a percent. Nice. I can, mm-hmm. my head can hit the pillow so hard tonight yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah it just it was really meaningless and then I went through a bunch of personal stuff at, at the kind of at the same time and then the kind of combination of that was like well what what are you what are you here for and then I and then I ditched that and then I didn't have anything to do for the summer so I volunteered at a kids camp mm. and then uh that was really fun because it was you know the the work at any given moment, if I would look at what I was doing, I was like, I'm a glorified babysitter right now. But it was so meaningful getting to sit down for 15 minutes every single day with a lot of kids who didn't really know anything about the Bible and just be like, here's this guy. His name's Jesus. He's like really awesome because he loves you. And you know how sometimes you do bad things. Well, guess what? And you can just talk to them about the gospel message mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at a very, very, very low level. Mm-hmm. And I just found that like so spectacularly meaningful. It's just is like nothing like I've like advertising, mm-hmm. and then I was like, all right, cool. What's the next step? And oh, then neat. I was like, I guess I should go to seminary, and then I was like, I guess I need to get a bachelor. So I just graduated from Brock okay. just a few weeks ago, or will graduate. I guess. Well, I'm sure that the Lord will open doors where you can use your um, your uh, creativity. I hope so. In that, like, hmm. in in a lot of different ways, right? Yeah. Like, you'll find you'll find a way yeah. to. And like you say, in a more meaningful way, right? Totally. That's, that's totally. going to make a difference in people's lives for, for eternity, kind mm-hmm. of like these things. Like that's, that's why I think with, even with, um, with counseling, that's what makes a difference, right? As you know, and I mean, I don't change people or any of that kind of stuff. That's totally the Lord's work, but at least you know you're, you're, you're um, investing Mm. in something that makes a difference in people's lives and not even just this generation could be for the next generation too right so yeah like it's it's meaningful work that way yeah. and so that's good to yeah yeah well it's like i <laughs> i was driving home from a meeting yesterday with uh, the forge men's conference i was just talking with jermichael and we were sort of musing about the the um christian culture we have in our circle in our circles right just more at, at my age because that's what i know well and we're just really grateful that we have like so many um like quality people our age and then we had this brilliant insight that was oh yeah it's because all of our parents are great too <laughs> like yeah no no yeah no wonder that there's some quality people here it turns out like all the adult all their parents are great too like we just went to um like uh Eric Haida and Emma Wickering's wedding. And okay. We have tons of respect for the Wickering mm-hmm, parents. Mm-hmm. Like all their kids are freaking angels. And so we like, and we are just, then we are like, okay, that's, we're really grateful for that. And I feel like as a counselor, you can, 
maybe you never see the what that looks like so many years down the road maybe long since after you're gone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but hopefully the work you put into someone's lives leads them, leads them to be a better christian to better parent and then their kids can have super dope relationships with all their friends whose parents are put in place properly too and never really trace that back to someone who set them on the yeah. right path far yeah. down in the future well and i think that's part of the um even the covenantal promises that the Lord makes, right? From generation mm. to generation. And every generation is going to have their struggles. Like you're, oh. you're not going to have one generation that's going to get through and not have their problems because then we don't need the Lord. So you're going to see that go on all the time. And then to be able to um, do the one anothering of Scripture, right? That, that the Bible talks about the encouraging one another, um, the mentoring, like the older teaching the younger, all of that. That's a huge aspect of it, right? Totally. And then kids have to have a biblical worldview because, I mean, we live in a crazy world and it's getting crazier every yeah. day, right? So how are we going to, what kind of a response are we going to have to some of these things that are just, mm. you know, how do you have, when kids are dealing with COVID, let's say, right? right. Like, no, I don't counsel kids too much. I think that's more the parents' um, job. I'll pour into the parent as they pour into their child because mm-hmm. I think the child will hear from the parent more. They're going to hear from me, a total stranger. Right. Right. So, um, but even just to help them to process through some of these things and how to how, how to kind of a perspective to have perspective to have on it and all that. So, right. That's a part of it as well. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's definitely crazy, mm-hmm. especially post-secondary. You get yeah. a lot of very, I don't, I've, I've probably told this story before. I had a, I ran a uh, Zoom Bible study when okay. I was at Brock for the year, okay. every Thursday. And um, it was it was hard, right? Not many people showed up because mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. one wants to go to a Zoom Bible study. But then, um, or like Teams meeting, whatever it was. But I this near the end, I had this one girl who came pretty regularly, and she was like a new Christian, so she had lots of really, really good questions. And then one question she had was, she said, Jacob, what's this whole thing about like wives submitting to husbands? That's very strange. I, I've seen some, because she was kind of ex-Catholic, so she's like, I've seen some of this stuff, but what's going on here? And, and then she, her follow-up question was, how does that work with non-binary couples? I was like, uh okay so I, I tried my best to lay out you know what's paul talking about and you go back to genesis and what's what's happening in genesis and you know and god's plan for marriage and how christ images you know i'm sorry marriage images christ in the church and mm-hmm. all those good things and then i then went back and i'm like I, again genesis god created man male and female and i think that's important and that might be some strange brokenness in, in different areas where we need to be like really sympathetic and loving, but I think that's the model God puts forward. I mean, crazy thing was she really, really was fine with the submission dynamic. She's like, yep, that's in the Bible. That makes sense. Couldn't take the non-binary thing. She's like, of course, non-binary couples exist. And I just can't get past that. Mm-hmm. So we had this weird part where it's like, I thought the hard sell would be the like husband and wife complimentary <laughs> imaging. Like that's, yeah. But she was like, no, no, that seems like that's in the Bible. That makes sense. But it was the non-binary thing that was sticking with her. And I was like, I would have never predicted that. Yeah. So I don't even know where to go f- with that in that conversation. Yeah. But. It's pretty hard, right? Like, or hard. 
I mean, again, that's where you recognize that it's the Spirit's work, mm. right? Because you're not going to convince people of this because Amen. who is going to, what are we going to take as, like, what's our standard of truth, right? So if, if it's Scripture, and no matter what our struggles are, we're going to take those struggles, and how do they line up with Scripture, right? And what does Scripture have to say to that? Um, but if you're going to go with my thinking, my feeling, my desires, or um, what feels right for me, or whatever, that's a harder place to um, go. And we do. We live in that culture now. I mean, I never would have thought of that myself years ago. Mm -hmm. Like, that was never part of what I was thinking ever, that you'd be dealing with this, right? Um, and then how do you talk people through that without it coming across that you're a bigot and everything else right so yeah it's it's a tough call yeah but if you don't really want to submit to god's divine design and then see that's where your worldview is important because if you understand god's divine design and then of course that divine design gets broken right mm -hmm. through sin and then christ comes to redeem and restore and to um um uh, buy back what through his blood buy back what was broken if people don't understand that then they don't know how to deal with these other issues that are mm. just totally um in a different world right so yeah that's you have to have a biblical worldview on that totally so you have to just kind of come to that place and i know that people will, will not agree with it because they just think mm -hmm. You know, I've had that before. People same-sex attracted and working, and then you know now it's a law against the law to even be able to talk about those things with people, right. right? So that was what bill was that? That was yeah. I'm not sure what the number was, but I think they just passed it, or, really? or they're working on passing it. That so you can get fined for if you talk to people, if people mm. come to you and you try to change that yep. in, or help them to change that, you can get fined. For doing that but that's where we have to just stand right like yeah. um you know i don't think i need to go on the street and you know tell everybody who's mm. struggling with same-sex attraction that you shouldn't be doing that um, but if people come to me and say i'm struggling with this mm. then what i need to be able to do is to be able to say well this is what scripture says and this is not and it's not in that um you know you can't do this but it's who's jesus and how does he meet us in our struggle yeah. Right. How does he meet us in those places of sin that we all mm. struggle with some form or other? Right. So who is Christ? What has he done? And how does that make a difference in as I struggle with these particular sins in my life? Right. Totally. So, but if you don't want to come at it from that perspective, then you've got no place to go yep. with it. Right. So that's a tough place, but it is what it is kind yep. of. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And that's scary man like mm -hmm. because you i mean it's it's pretty binary either that lifestyle is what god designs or it's not that's right and you know the way you approach that and i can hear that in the way you're talking about it because you're using your words very specifically mm -hmm. like there's a loving thoughtful way to approach people's struggles with sin that's right and you don't you don't just walk up and be like, well, you're gay, you're gonna burn in hell. It's That's like, right. Hey, no, there's a yeah. much more nuanced, thoughtful way, loving way to go about it. That's right. But the rubber does meet the road, and saying like that lifestyle, you know, that's sinful then. Yeah. And I think if we leave Christ out of that life, like out of the um, mm. picture, 
like that you just need to stop this because these are very real struggles that people have yes. like they're very real so it's not like that um oh they're off the wall or whatever this is very real it's a very real attraction all of that right mm-hmm. so but who is christ and how does he enter into that is really what people we don't always because often we'll say you know you know you shouldn't be doing this and you shouldn't live like that and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do that like that's we come across with the, all these legalistic um rules um so that's okay for us as Christians to kind of know that that's the standard, but you can't just say to people, you need to stop that. You have to bring the gospel because that's yes. what Jesus came, yes. right? He came to forgive us, but he also came to break the bondage of sin. It's mm. not just um, forgive the sin. He breaks that bondage for us. So now we have to enter into that with him. And I'm, and it's a tough thing. Like, yeah. you know, whether you're, whatever your sin is, it's a tough thing to overcome because... <laughs> Yep. It doesn't, in this this life, we're going to be fighting that all the time. So that's going to be a tough thing for people. Totally. Um, and you got to be kind to them about that, right? Mm-hmm. So any addiction that people have, you got to be, it's real. It's, the, it's real for them, right? And it's easy if you don't struggle with it yourself to say, oh, just give it up, right? But if you struggle with it, you understand how hard that is to give it up without Christ, without yep. the Holy Spirit. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So that's what the biblical counseling comes in, right? So taking those like um, those truths and helping them to apply them into those areas of their life, and having conversations. So sometimes it takes a long time for people to get to that place. Yeah, um, I bet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, sort of on on the homosexuality thing, JD Greer had a really interesting comment one time where he says like, you know, if you're meeting people who are really hung up on the whole Christians are against homosexuality in quotes, he's like, drop the issue, go to Christ, talk about who Jesus is, talk about what Jesus means. And then, and then, and you can go from there into why he came and then there into what sin is. And then you can get around to the specifics of what it will like what it means to break god's design for human beings but what's the point about chatting about it there if you haven't laid that foundation of of the whole reason you would avoid this stuff in the first place yeah right exactly and i I found that pretty insightful and it's really helpful for me to think through yeah i think you know what like we'll often look our nose down on down our noses to people who uh where we don't struggle with it Mm. right where it's not a struggle for us right that's where we might kind of like look down our nose at those people. Um, but then um, kind of empathize if you struggle with something yourself. Oh, yeah, I get that. I can understand why a person yeah. would be doing that, right? But sin is sin before the Lord, yeah. right? So Especially same-sex attraction. Because mm-hmm. I think there's something like pornography, which is awful. But That's it's right. a pretty broad blanket of most guys I chat with. Mm-hmm. You know what that struggle is mm-hmm. like. So. Mm-hmm. There's less of that, you know, looking down your nose. But I feel, I really that's feel... That's just a sinful. Uh, yeah. It's intense. Yep. But I, and I really feel for, for, I bet there are people in our church, almost guarantee it, mm-hmm. who secretly struggle with same-sex, same-sex attraction to some well, degree. That's right. The church is not going to be immune to these things, right? Like, so to kind of think that um, just because you're part of the church, that those things are not going to be part of that. Right. It's not true. They're going to have yeah. it. Like, yeah. But just like somebody who's struggling with pornography are not going to necessarily, you know, shout it from the pulpit. 
True. Somebody who's got same-sex attraction is not going to necessarily shout that from the pulpit either. Right? Yep. So, But we should be able to kind of um, know that Christ came to help them as much as he does the person who has addiction to alcohol or drugs yep. or uh, food or you know cleaning your house too much like because we mm-hmm. work right all these there's a lot of good good things that people are addicted to as well anything that replaces god right mm-hmm. so when i run to that instead of running to the lord um i could be across the board it doesn't just have to be um terrible things yeah any right? of the, the big sins that's right we've got a lot of respectable sins that we yeah. do and we think, oh, well, I get that, right? Yeah. Isn't that book by Jerry Bridges? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good one, too. Have I you studied that one? Have I haven't read, read it, no. I've, heard, I've been recommended to me by yeah. a few times. Very good. Um, very good book. That's the same. Th- these are these respectable sins, right? So we're not the ones who maybe are caught in the adultery, let's say, um, sins, right? But maybe just very good at gossiping. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, And then we kind of... Um, put a nice face to it right so yeah. then they'll it they'll say well i'm not really gossiping i'm just asking for prayer or something <laughs> put a nice yeah, face yeah. to it right <laughs> you're sure. gossiping <laughs> so well, especially if you're trying to help quote unquote people yeah then it's like i need all the details just to be you know so we know the situation That's so that right. i can help better yeah i'm, well, I'm definitely been guilty of that definitely and you know what curiosity right so mm. people we all struggle with that so it's not one person has it another person doesn't but we need to be mindful of that and then to say if people are saying um can you pray for me i don't need to know the details because the lord knows the details so we can say you know what lord you know what they're struggling with or whatever so um, you know if you're not filling god in on anything that's you're right missing out on exactly that. so we don't need to be um i don't need to all the details so i can tell god what your struggle is right yeah. right um so yeah but that's where I think sometimes where we think, because I don't struggle with that particular sin, then I look my no- down my nose at that person. But, oh, that one, I can understand that. So I can, yeah, I get mm. that. Like, And then we're more empathetic towards that sin. But yeah, sin is sin. Sin is sin. And, and Christ died for it all. Amen. Yeah. I think, and then a big part of this too is actually just reading good books mm-hmm. um, how, at least helped me a lot get into the perspective of people whose whose sins I just was not were foreign to me, right? Mm-hmm. Like reading, like um, "Messy Grace" by Caleb. Mm-hmm. I just finished that. One. That's a very good. It's very book. good, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Rosaria Butterfield stuff. Some mm-hmm. of her early mm-hmm. early writings, like all of that. Those books were super helpful for me to to just try and be there and, and understand. Yeah, enter into their world mm. to understand what their struggles are instead of just coming back from this point and. Um, looking at it and then judging and telling them smarten up or whatever, yeah. right? So, yeah. yeah. And I think if you want to reach people for the Lord, that's where we have to go. And that I don't mean that we... Um, and what's his name? Caleb, what was his name I again? Colton Batch or Colton Back. Something yeah, something like that. like that. I thought he did a good job on that where he was able to kind of... Um, how do we call an ace an ace and a spade a spade but not be this judgmental, mm. um, that holier-than-thou type of attitude towards people who are struggling, yeah. right? So we're not just going to um, condone it all, still have to call it out. But And that's a tightrope walk. That's not That doesn't just happen. Like mm. it's, a tough, um, it's a tough road yeah. when you're doing that. I run into that all the time. you got to say, well, you've know, got to call that, but yeah. 
you don't want to be in such a way that you're just coming across as if you're the Holy Spirit yourself, yeah. right? <laughs> Here's an interesting uh, question that popped into my mind. I know for, for me and, and relationships that I have, where we try and be vulnerable with each other, right? Mm-hmm. So you know my crap, I know your crap, and then mm-hmm. we talk about it. But as a counselor, do you do that? Because I feel like you have to be careful with that. Like you, there's almost a level, or maybe you tell me, like do you share your personal journeys and struggles with people you're counseling, or do you have to maintain a little bit of a, a distance professionally? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you have to maintain somewhat of a distance because, you know... If somebody comes in and talk about their struggle and say, oh, yeah, well, let me tell you about mine. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a little different then, right? But I do think, like what I said earlier, when you comfort others with the comfort that you received, and I remember David Powelson talking about this when, in the courses. He used to say that listen long enough so that you can identify where you can identify with the other person, right? Mm. And I used to think, I don't know, like substance abuse like that's going to be um a hard one for me to identify with because that doesn't even like that's not even attractive to me to um i'm not against a glass of wine but if i can feel it in my arms i'm basically done i'm not going to drink the next one right like so because i don't like that feeling and i mean um tempted to get high would never be a temptation in my head because i'm again i don't like that feeling right so i thought how in the world would i ever but when you understand addiction right and you start listening to things. We can all be addicted. And people laugh at this one. But I love the Dutch dry sausage, right? And if I have that in my house, <laughs> I have one piece. I eat the whole thing, right? So yep. now that's not going to be mind-altering. And it's, you know, it's not going to affect my family or anything. But the heart that drives that, that does not cannot say no to myself, right? Mm. And I just, well, I'll just have one more piece. I'll just have one more, one more, one more. So that whole concept, now I get it for an addict, is totally different. Right. But, but that concept is the same. So I would never use that with an addict. <laughs> right. Right. To uh, um, say, oh, yeah, I, I know what that is like when I go after the sausage. Like, you're not going to say that to people. Yep. They'll get you, you nuts, lady. <laughs> right. I'm coming back again. Right. Yes, you know, try heroin and get back to me on the. Uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. So you're not going to. Yeah. But understanding that concept myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so you look for ways that you could be able to talk to them about where you can identify with it. But it's not always going to be the same. And you got to be careful to some degree of how much you disclose about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um for professional reasons, right? So um, if you don't, aren't, aren't careful, then it, it can get kind of messy and cloudy. Right. Right. So try to be careful that way. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But I try to t- I try to be real with people as well, to some degree. Yeah. So, because they need to also know that you don't just have everything together. Yeah. Right? Like, you don't come to me because I've got it together and you don't have it together. We're sinners, both mm. we both struggle it might look different but we both struggle right so i remember once um i did a conference and then somebody said to my husband my husband was there and somebody said um wow um something about living with me you know i've got it all together so he says, well, you see that part, but I see the other part. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, yeah, you can sit and do a conference and teach all this 
um, these principles, but it doesn't mean that you live every one of them always yourself. Like you struggle as much as the next guy does, right? Totally. So, yeah, yeah, so it's kind of funny. I think, yeah, not perfect. Yep. Yeah. Ask my kids. They'll tell <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. And um, there's there's a beauty to to the Christian, like you were talking about before, Christian community, right? Yeah. Just cutting cutting the crap and being like, I'm not going to pretend. Just being really as clear as my problems come to my own head, at least in a, in a proper, vulnerable, like yeah. trusting each other, you know not knowing that people aren't going to spread that whatever yeah but as soon as the thoughts come to my head of my flaws just let that go out Mm -hmm. just say this well then your friends have to also be calling you to to a holy living right like Mm -hmm. like you you don't want to just get together and just here let me tell you all my garbage and then oh yeah well you think your garbage is bad here's let me hear your mind Mm -hmm. right like because then it just becomes this place where you you can uh just sit and talk about all the garbage so there's got to be purpose in our vulnerability because we need to be able to, so somebody can come alongside and point us to the Lord, point mm. us to, um, you know, how are you dealing with that? What do you, you know, how are you processing that with God? Like all of those kind of things. Um, you know, cause I think that a lot of times people don't process life with the Lord, right? Like they try to live God's way, but to really process um, like what they're thinking, what they're feeling, I, I say to people, I, don't know, I get myself in trouble here if how many people listen to this. But anyway, I'll say sometimes, you know, to people, uh, you climb up on God's lap and you tell him your problems. You mm. Tell him what your struggles are, right? Because he gets it, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm not, you know, advocating any kind of kind of stuff, right? Sure. But, <laughs> but there's this, it's like if you have a you got a good relationship with your father and our our earthly fathers are not perfect so it doesn't always work like this but Mm. if we went to our dads and we said dad i got a problem and Mm. we say listen this i would venture to say most of them are not going to say are you kidding me get out of here right they would they would embrace us and they would say uh, they're not god so they can't tell you how to work it through but they would embrace us and help us to get that through totally whereas we can climb up on the lord's lap tell them our problems he gives us a spirit and he helps us right like differently than what our yeah earthly fathers yeah. do but some i think if uh jesus jesus quoted one of the prophets and said you know jerusalem jerusalem how i would have gathered you like a hen gathers mm-hmm. her chicks if jesus can compare himself to a chicken i think you can compare you know climbing up to <laughs> into the lap of god i think that's a, that works well it's a good i think what it is is because we can we can picture um climbing on our dad's lap mm-hmm. so to speak so we can get understanding that when you you know when you have um well you've got little um siblings right mm-hmm. so when they're little and they're sitting on your mom's lap or your dad's lap and they're crying their hearts out right and so so did this and he hit me and he didn't you know they go do all these things right and what's the parent doing they're they're um comforting they're teaching them how to handle that all that stuff well that's the same what god teaches us right so we're we're climbing up on his lap and saying this is what's happening right Mm -hmm. and um and then he speaks to us through this through scripture and whatever and teaches us and um gives us a spirit and you know don't hear any voices or any that kind of thing but he'll his scripture comes to mind and um yeah and he answers us in that in those places and yep 
I but I think sometimes people think that they have to sanitize their prayers in order to go to the Lord, right? So I can only go to God, and when I've got it all together, or, you know, I have my words just right, or got all that. Whereas I think we can cry out our pain to the Lord, and He hears our cry. He bottles our tears. He, the scripture's full of that in the uh, Psalms, right? Mm. You know, He hears our cry. Um, so we can do that, and that's helpful. I teach people how to do write their own lament psalms, yeah. right? Like they're not inspired, but they are these psalms of lament to the Lord. And is that, that's that's an exercise that you've uh, you've yeah. done with people? Yeah, teach people how to do that. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'll send you the papers. Okay, I'd actually like that. <laughs> yeah. I'd, be, I'd be really interested in, mm-hmm. in seeing that, yeah. especially for. I mean, it's definitely it's super valuable for everyone, but especially for those who are artistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, I know this is true for me, <laughs> I can communicate um, emotionally so much better through art. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I struggle with, l- less now, mostly through a lot of work from stuff like your your courses and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. different counseling things. But it, early on, it was really hard for me to communicate emotion or feel emotion properly without the use of some artistic medium. Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's I imagine why David wrote so many psalms was probably to process just as much mm-hmm. as anything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. And so I think that's really... I, man, I feel like that's a tradition we should, like... I want to chew on more, actually. Like, the process of... Like, I, I talked about this with Dave Beldman a little bit. Like, one-third of the Bible's in poetry. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And yeah. God, God is so much of a God who cares about, you know, rhyme, verse, artistic beauty, artistic anything... Yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't teach people how to do that all rhyming first. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I haven't got an artistic bone in my body. Right? <laughs> yeah. But to cry their totally, stuff out, right? Totally. So, And sometimes if people are artistic, they do write beautiful laments like mm. that are very um, artistic, kind yeah. of, right? And then other ones are just their raw pain, yeah. right? But that's the whole idea. So you're not just having it inside, but you processing with the lord because it's in that interaction with god that our life changes i can't explain how that happens because it's like when jesus said the wind you don't know where the wind's coming you don't know where it's going but it's there Hmm. right so when you're um when people are doing that that um with the lord their life changes because you're interacting you get to know god experience the lord that kind of thing it's not just knowing about God, but you get to know God. You stand amazed that he meets you in those places in the middle of it all. So that's part of what I do yeah. with people. Give them, teach them. That's how you write lament, right? Yeah. So it's not shaking my fist at God and saying, how dare you do this? It's kind of in a submission, but a cry of um, what my struggle, whatever that is in the moment. Um, huh. So interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. I feel like one thing that's coming through on in a lot of the things we're talking about is to some degree, everyone could use a bit of counseling, even if just to, and you can speak on this way more than I can, obviously, but just from what I'm hearing for you, like you're, you're kind of talking about all these little tools Mm -hmm. that I feel like not, it's not for people who have a problem that need counseling, No, but these tools just are super helpful. You know what, when you're talking, asking good questions is a counseling technique, right? So mm-hmm. what you want to do is you want to enter into that person's world. So 
you want to ask questions to understand what is it like if I, if I was counseling with you, I'd want to know what is it like to be Jacob, right? So I'd be asking all kinds of questions. I'd be asking you questions about you. Like, so what are you thinking? What does that look like? And you'd ask lots of different questions. And there's something about being known by, well, being known by the Lord or being known by another person that is very helpful. And then mm. even as you sit and you talk to me about what you're thinking or what you believe about that or you're just talking out loud, you start to hear yourself and there's something that happens in just hearing that. When we start putting our, our, our words or our thoughts or whatever into words and thinking, wow, wow, I didn't even think I knew, I didn't even realize I was thinking that or something, right? Yeah. So it's very helpful. That's why. So when you're with your buddies, you ask the deep questions about, um, so what are you thinking? Like, mm. so you get to that heart level, right? Thoughts, beliefs, desires, fears, that kind of a thing. It's helpful. Yes. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. <laughs> like it's, I don't know. I think it's very interesting. Yes. And I don't mean that in a way that, because um, mostly when I counsel and people talk to me and then when they leave, I tell people this all the time. I've trained myself not to remember everybody's story. So sometimes I might ask the same question three, four, five times, but mm -hmm. that's because I don't hold it. I couldn't hold everybody's stuff in my head. Right. Right. So kind of listen to it for the moment so that I can deal with it. And then I just, when they leave, and that's nothing personal, but I don't um, sit and think, think, think about yeah. their stuff. You just can't do that. Like, yeah. I'd go bananas. Right? Well, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of one of the. That was I guess, one of the questions I had for you too. Is what does it take to become a counselor? And I, that seems like a huge one. Mm -hmm. If you get, if you're lying asleep at like awake at night, with all these stories running through your head, well, you wouldn't sleep ever, no. right? You learn that too, though. Like in the beginning, when I first became a counselor, and I was working with people, that was more difficult. Mm -hmm. So it was harder to let it go, right? Because you have to find. You have to do the struggle with the Lord. What's my responsibility? What's not my responsibility? What is God calling me to? What's he not calling me to? Like So that that's a process. You learn that over time. So I talk about columns, right? So your column, my column, right? So if that's your stuff, I don't need to, I don't need to mow your grass. I don't need to make sure your yard is taken care of. Um, but I do have to take care of my own, hmm. right? So, and I can't, you can't remember everybody's story and the reality is after a while when you hear people's story really we're all the same yeah, eh? <laughs> yeah. and people say how do you do this because i teach the same old same old all the time right <laughs> the next guy comes in same one right because we struggle that's the work the sanctification work that's all of us have that going on so yeah it's kind of interesting a lot of th nothing new under the sun the bible says it's true yeah <laughs> It's, it's very true. I, yeah. So true that I named my podcast after that phrase. Oh, oh did you? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing new under the sun, well, that's what it is? It's, uh, it's chats under the sun. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's got that little Ecclesiastes that, that, flair yeah. to it. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Very true. So, yeah. yeah. Do, you, um, do you feel like, do you feel like there's a still, or is it better or worse, a stigma against counseling or going to counseling um, in our churches? Or do you think our churches support counseling well? Maybe those are kind of two different questions, mm -hmm. but I think there's people that see great value in it and would 
go for counseling in a minute. And then there's people that have probably had some bad experience with counselors, mm. and I can understand that because not everybody's always a good counselor. So sometimes when that happens, um, then they're a little bit against counseling. And I do think there's sometimes I think there's people that think if somebody went to a counselor, the counselor should fix it, but I can't fix your life. Like I'm not God, right? So you come, I can lead you, but you have to do the work. You right. with the Lord and the Holy Spirit, right? So, um, but I feel well supported. Like honestly, I think... I don't feel like people, well, maybe I just don't know. I don't think people think I'm crazy. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I haven't really. I'm sure there's some people that think whatever, but that's sure. fine. But on the whole, I think people respect it and see it as valuable work. I think, if I think of at my church, I've had many times that people have said to me, thank you for what you do, and they're, they're thankful for that, right? Consistory, on the whole, I think I would honestly say that they are very supportive, right? So, That's awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad of that. Yeah. So they, and I think they <clears> would, <throat> if they run into issues, they're not afraid to call me and say, hey, um, can you give me a little bit of perspective on this? Or can, you know, can you help or something like, so mm -hmm. if they thought it was off the wall, they wouldn't be doing that, right? So, right. so I think it's well supported that way. But, Good. I'm, yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad that that's that way. Yeah. That's exciting. I think there might be there's some people that might um, struggle with going to a counselor because they kind of have their own thought about, oh, it must mean that I'm, you know. Weak. Yeah, there's something wrong with me. Mm. But when they come once or twice, then all of a sudden they're going like, oh, this is helpful, right? So, yeah. And then they don't have that same thought anymore. So, you know, because we're all dealing with the same stuff. It just looks different. It's got a different face. But it's the same struggle. We all have heart issues, right? That's what the Bible says. The heart's wicked above all things. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart, right? Yeah. Um, so that's where my problems come from. It's from my heart. So God's telling me that. So there's not a few of us that have that, and then a few of us that don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all got it to some degree or other. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Is there, um, I don't know if you can speak on this, I have a friend who's who's uh, heading or thinking about heading to uh, counseling, okay. counseling direction. Mm -hmm. And one of the things he's he's chewing on is the difference between Christian counseling, and no, Christian psychology and biblical counseling. And that's mm -hmm. there's all apparently there's all these big debates and stuff between oh, yeah. uh, between the two yeah. schools of camp. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, do you feel like giving your ten cents in that, or or is that better <laughs> left? Uh, no, that's okay. Um, I'm curious what you think. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think there is a difference between the two. Can you explain kind of both sides? for Even yeah. for me, I don't know them so, that well. How, how, let me think how to word this. And maybe I'm off the wall here, but this is just my perspective. Sure. So. sure. Um, I remember when I went to co um, college, and then you had to take psychology courses, right? right. So what that is kind of is... is having a perspective on the problem, right? So you yeah. kind of look through a certain lens on the problem. And then you interpret why do people have this problem, right? So let's say with um, <clears throat> people who grew up in poverty, they will think, well, then they're at higher risk of stealing and all this kind of stuff, right? So then they'll say it's because they're poor, that's why they steal. Well, I grew up poor, and I didn't steal. 
<laughs> because I had a value system that was instilled in me via my parents, right? Right. So psychology won't necessarily <clears throat> um, bring that biblical lens through which to interpret the problem, right? Right. So if you can interpret through psychology or do you interpret it through um, what the Bible says, mm -hmm. right? So you have to have that biblical lens. And I think that's a bit where it's a little different. So that doesn't mean that I wouldn't use psychology or that I don't agree with psychology or I think you throw it out the window because I think that they study very well and they what the world does really well is um, describe the problem. Right. And um, what the church does very well, the Christian community, is the biblical part. So if we can bring those two together, kind of, but you got to read the psychology through a biblical lens, mm -hmm. right? And that's the, I don't know if that makes sense. If, yeah. Um, there. Yeah. So David Powelson, I thought, he, he wrote a really good book on it. Like his, I don't know what it's his paper or something, his theses or whatever, right? So, um but he talks about how you exegete people's lives so you can exegete the scriptures into it, right? Okay. So I'm doing something here real simple and foolish, but, you know, psychology will say you got that problem because, you know, what your parents have done and all that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. which might be true, but the, the, that's affected us and impacted us. But the Bible says you're doing this because of your own heart, more so that, yes, the, your parents have influenced and impacted your heart, but it's your stuff, right? I can never stand before the Lord and say, well, you know, I yelled at my kids all the time because um, my mother yelled or something like that. Right. Because um, the Lord's not going to take that as a reason because... It's not true. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's not going to say, oh, that's okay. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about that, Arlene, because after all, it's not going to happen. Right? Mm -hmm. So, I don't know if that answers your question. Does it yeah. give you a no, I think so. um, kind yeah. of perspective between the two? The biblical is really taking that scripture and applying it in everyday yep. life. Yeah. I, I have, I guess laying my cards a little on the table, I, I have a lot of respect for some of the great classical psychologists mm -hmm. like freud jung adler those psychoanalysts but it's so clear for a lot of them that their value system their theological beliefs really impacted the way they understood human beings and their problems yep. can't get away from that yep. and that led them to probably their most fundamental flaws across the board yep. right and so you know if you if you're just nothing but a freudian psychologist I mean, you're you're not working your way to Jesus in any way. That's right. right? And so I, I really, yeah, I really see that. Where, yeah. But then also, like, I, some of the tools that these guys discovered of understanding human beings is, yeah. like, poof, yeah. blows my you mind. Know, and, there's, and all truth comes from the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever is truthful, you're not just going to chuck it out because it came from um, Freud. I mean, I don't have a lot of use for his stuff. But <laughs> yeah. Um, he's, he's got some. Uh, yeah, he's a little off the some, wall. Or a lot off the wall, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, if you have some of the, I can't remember all their names, but the one that did the stages of life, um, who's that? Um, Erickson, I think. Okay. Maybe, you know, that you know you have to complete these stages of life, maturity levels and all yeah. that. That makes sense to some degree. Yeah. But if you don't bring scripture 
to it. And I don't mean just tack scripture on it, but view that, that theory through what does scripture say about that, right? So scripture does talk about putting off the child, childish things and putting on the um, adult, you know, I don't yeah. think as a child anymore. And so the scripture, there's truth to that, right? Yep. Um, and that's, what I think sometimes where, where people struggle with it is that because they'll say, well, um, the Bible doesn't talk about um, bipolar, let's say, right? right? Right. So, you know, then that, you know, how can you apply scripture to somebody who's struggling with bipolar? Um, no, it doesn't talk about bipolar, but it does talk about um, fears or taking our thoughts captive unto Christ. And those are some of the things that somebody with mental health issues would be struggling with, right? So mm-hmm. you can teach them, you know, the psychology would talk call, call it cognitive behavioral therapy, but scripture calls it taking our thoughts captive unto Christ and tearing down the strongholds and sure. those kind of things. So you take that those principles and apply it specifically right. um, in those areas. Mental health is a big one that people will say, what does the Bible really ever say about mental health? But the Bible has a lot to say about it. It just looks differently. But it doesn't, you can't look it up like a, an encyclopedia right. and uh, you know, find a verse on mental health. Right. But it does talk about how to, how to control our thoughts, um, those kind of things. And, yep. you know, that's yeah. part of the mental health. You know, I get it. The brain is broken. So, like, with people struggling, I'd say it misfires, right? Yep. And we can't always fix that. But I've worked with a lot of people with mental health who found it very helpful learning how to do their lament psalms, yep. learning how to take their thoughts captive, um, how to talk to God about all of that. And so the Lord meets them in their struggle. Right. right. So the Bible has lots to say about that. Yep. Struggles are not much different than my struggles. Right. But if I have thoughts that kind of go off, I can say, okay, don't think about that. But somebody who's got OCD thoughts, you know, they, they might ruminate on that. Right. So mm-hmm. they need help differently than what I would need. But you can right. bring scripture into that for sure. Yep. So, I don't know if that answers that question, yeah, but I feel does. like I might have rambled there for a no, minute. It's good. It's <laughs> yeah. good. It's good. I, mm-hmm. I mean, tell me, maybe kind of closing this. Tell me if this is right, because mm-hmm. this is something I think is pretty true. But you can, you're an expert, so you can tell <laughs> me. I think one of the struggles that people have when they look at these kind of things is maybe a slightly wrong view of the Bible. The Bible wasn't written as a diagnostic manual. Right. It wasn't written as a written as a construction manual. It That's wasn't right. written as that. You know, if you want the Bible to be every single thing you need in life, it'd be about you know, it would wrap halfway around the world. But the Bible's primarily the narrative of what God has done throughout ages with His people and the redemptive story of Him sending His Son. Right. That plays into every part of our life, but it's not exhaustively going to be about. That's right. Pick your issue, right? That's right. Yeah. And it's just helpful to not expect the Bible to be, you know, the, right. the Bible's not going to be your perfect legal system. And God, The whole Bible is God's redemptive story, right? Mm-hmm. So it begins in Genesis, where, and then the, when sin enters the world, God comes, he's, and he's going to talk about redemption. So he tells Adam and Eve, I'm going to, uh, like, he's going to put enmity between the seed. And mm-hmm. so, and then, it, and then, he, then that story unfolds throughout the scripture till Christ comes, right? And then that's the climax of the story, so to yeah. speak, because he's coming, and then his return, right? So now we're living between 
his coming, first coming, and a second coming. So the, that's what the story, the Bible is the redemption story, more than it is about, um, like you say, diagnostic tools and whatever. Right. But I do believe that it also is very much about um, um, teaching us how to live. Right. right. Like it's full of God's divine design yep. of this. is That's why he's full of telling us um, how, to, how to live life. Totally. And, right? So Especially something like Proverbs. Yeah. Really practical, yeah. down-to-earth wisdom there. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. And then Psalms is full of the laments and how mm -hmm. we can cry our, our prayers out to the Lord, right? And the New Testament tells us who Jesus is. And then the, um, the epistles and the, you know, teaching about how to live this Christian life in a lot of very practical ways. So, yeah, it's a, it's a story of yeah. redemption and then what does that look like and how does that how does god redeem his people right that's right. what's about there so and that's what when we ha when i'm dealing with somebody who's got some struggles that's what i want to be able to help them you know this is god's redemptive stories right in the front there looking for my phone <laughs> yeah. Thanks. um god's redemptive story in a in their lives right so they can say um you know the, what is how's god redeeming restoring renewing you and what's his purpose in all of this kind of that helps them to be able to kind of get a different perspective so yeah beautiful mm -hmm. would um do you want more people to go into counseling as a career yep yeah <laughs> yep i think the younger generation needs to um I, and i realize that not everybody um is gifted for it Right. right. So not everybody makes a good counselor. Yeah. Because um, I think you do have to be gifted in that way. Um, but somebody has to continue on. Like I'm getting to the place where I'm kind of done. Right? Sure. <laughs> when I say done, I you can only do it for so long and then you do get tired. So the next generation has to come up and um, rise up and do that. And there are some good people that are doing it like. Uh, I've talked to a few young people who are taking some of the courses at yep. CCF and um, and then, you know, I can help mentor them. Totally. Um, they talk with me and um, if they're dealing with people, okay, where do I go with this? How do I do that? Like, so, yep. and that was, that's what I would see my role is now. Like, I mean, I do a few people, but I'm kind of winding down with counseling. And, um, but the mentoring part, that is a, I'll yeah. keep doing that. Seminars, I think that's another aspect, if we ever get back to seminars. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, that's also, I think, a helpful thing, just to teach people some of these principles. Like, I'm always amazed when people go, I never knew this, I never knew this, right? I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. it's good to be able to teach them that and help them mm. um, learn it and it's, apply it. and Yeah, and I imagine, like, these... I keep thinking of toolkits, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I bet it's so rewarding to know that if you've done your job properly, you're giving people a set of tools that will just keep giving back right. over the course of your life. Yeah. I mean, you know, people forget things. We need fresheners. We need people to, to sharpen us. But yeah, I know a couple of the different little things that I've picked up over the years have from people, other counselors, books I've read, things like that have always stuck with me. It's just helpful tools to... Yeah. Exactly. You know, to, just to just to 
keep my brain working properly. What I really try to do, I try to tell people, like, my job is to wean you off of me, kind of, right? (laughs) So I I don't want you here for the rest of your life. Um, So teaching them how to do their heart work, right? So Mm -hmm. looking at how they respond to everyday life and then what they're thinking, believing, desiring, fearing at that level, right? And why they're doing what they're doing. And then repenting from some of these things and identifying what needs to be changed, um, talking to God about those things and having that that um, interaction with the Lord, like that, yeah, it's, I don't know what the, another word, but like I say to people a lot of times, you wrestle that out with God, right? Mm-hmm. Like you wrestle it out, you go to God, you tell him, this is what I'm struggling with, this is what I think, and this is what I believe, and I know you're calling me to this, and here I am, and I don't know how to do this, and that. So when they learn how to do that, they don't need me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not saying they never run anything by me, but eventually they've got what it takes to wrestle that out with the Lord. Yep. And yeah, you talk to your friends and you talk to um, each other. That's the one anothering in church, right? And if we have good relationships, we can say to people, um, so do you think that could be a heart issue? Or you can ask mm. that question and without being offended and like, who are you to say that? Or Right. And then people, will, it's iron sharpening iron. Totally. Right? So, and if we kind of all kind of know how to do that to some degree, then you really don't need me. Yeah. <laughs> The, yeah, because it's one anothering, right? So, man, yeah, 110%. Yep, I um, it's kind of counseling is one of the one of the most meaningful areas of work, I I think, hmm? at least that I've seen kind of bandied about with my friends when we're kind of discussing where we're going in life, because a lot of us are going to be pastors, mm-hmm. um, which I think sometimes gets an unfair or undeserved rap for being holier than it is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I joke often about me getting a holy degree, which mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. true in the slightest. But off the thing that comes with being, like, going to get your MDiv is there's a whole bunch of theological, like, high-level stuff. Like, you got to learn Greek, you got to learn Hebrew. It's just not palatable for a lot of guys, and mm-hmm. for good reason, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's a buttload of work to mm-hmm. learn another, like, two other languages competently mm-hmm. enough to, to dive through scripture. And a lot of the guys will, I know, will go to counseling because they just see so much appeal to boots on the ground, repetitive, helping people. And, you know, I'm not dissing my own direction in life mm-hmm, by any stretch, mm-hmm. but I love the fact that there's these kind of two, at least two ways, and there are probably more that I'm just not thinking of, of really meaningful ways to, like, spread the love of Christ in helpful, practical ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. But pastors are, are as, well, we know that. It's a very important aspect as well because they are yes. the ones that are going to unpack scripture, right? <clears throat> They're going to unpack scripture. What does this mean so that scripture is not taken out of context? Because, I mean, you can have that sometimes with counselors too. They just take Bible verses and tack it here and there and it's taken out of yeah. context. You have right, to, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Yeah, like that's right. And then all of a sudden like that that's becomes the end-all and be-all verse for everybody. Now there's truth to that. God does know our. He does know the plans He has for us. And Psalm one thirty nine tells us about that, right? Um, but we want to unpack it so then that the, the lay people mm-hmm. um, can understand it, and then we can help one another to apply it in our everyday life. Totally. Um, so I definitely shouldn't pit those two against each other. No, it's not helpful. No. When I took. Um, one of the courses that I had to take for um, 
my counseling was um, Theology and Secular Psychology. I think that was the course, the name of the course. And it was, um, or maybe it was Practical Theology. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but then you had to take this whole, the big picture of redemptive story, right? Mm -hmm. And then where does it? fit in or where does the scripture fit into that redemption story and all that kind of and how does that apply to a person's life and it was like big work i'm thinking oh my goodness i got new respect for pastors who had to do this every you know come up with two papers right <laughs> <every> sunday right <laughs> i'm having enough time hard enough time coming up with two papers in a semester right um but it's also very very helpful because scripture is very often taken out of context mm -hmm. And, then, and sometimes I think that's where, um, even in psychology, that Christian psychology sometimes can do that, right? So sure. So that's where it's, you've got to be careful with it. I guess that's, you know, when people will say, when um, Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And then sometimes people will say, well, if you don't love yourself, you know, then you can't love your neighbor. Well, Scripture teaches us that we love ourselves a lot, right? right? We love ourselves so much that, I mean, this people get me in trouble too, but we love ourselves that we live for self mostly. Right. Because when the Lord says, you know, speak truth and love, we go, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. Because, you know, after all, well, we got, you know, I'm uncomfortable with that or I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or Whatever. We've got lots of ways that we can get around and we do it all. We'll put God's word aside for self. Right. right. So um, taking it and saying, well, you know, you got to love yourself. When people go, I don't even love myself. I'm thinking, yeah, you love yourself quite nicely. <laughs> I don't say that. But <laughs> right, right. But I'm thinking, let me show you all the ways you love yourself, right? Right. Um, because we love ourselves. Sure. And it's not a problem. We might not like what we do. Mm. And we might be um, unhappy with what we've done, right? But usually we love ourselves pretty good. And right. We'll, we'll take care of number one before we do yeah. the next guy, right? So. And then part of the job of a counselor is to help us see that. Yeah. Right? And yeah. See the ways that we love, love ourselves without knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And they got to develop that relationship with people that they trust you and mm. they know that you're... You care about them. Yeah. I'm not here to wag my finger at somebody and tell them off that. You know, you got to love them, right? To, yes. So that they they get that, that they know that you care about them and anything you have to say is because you care. Not because, uh, um, you know, you're trying to be better than them or something. Yeah. yeah. So. And I think that's just a awesome, unique dynamic that Christians bring to the table is it's like we've got this super high bar of loving one another that Christ sets for us and helps us, you know, accomplish in our communities if we do it right, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is, I mean, let's just, I don't think you have that in secular counseling, secular right. psychology as much, No, right? Like, you know, there's not really that, that deep impetus for the counselor to love right. the, the, the patient, client, what do you client, call, yeah. you call clients? Whatever, yeah, I usually call them my clients, yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Arlene, this has been a really good conversation. 
Well, went better than I thought. I, um, yeah? <laughs> I was going to call you Eric. That's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob. So at first I thought, oh, I don't know what we'll talk about. But it's quite amazing how you get talking, how yeah. that works. So, yeah. Well, we've been talking for an hour and 35 minutes. Oh, wow. That yeah. went really well. Yeah, it goes long. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. No I really problem. appreciate it. I enjoyed it. So awesome. hopefully it's beneficial to other people. I know it will be. Good. Good. Thank you for listening to this podcast's conversation. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, consider subscribing and sharing and all that jazz. It's immensely helpful. I'm all about having meaningful, interesting conversations. So if you know of someone I should talk to, hit me up on Instagram at it's the Volk. Have a good one, guys.